0: know your market and know the numbers. People so flippantly just jump into the next HGTV type style flip and it's like, wow, this is really cool and let's jump in. And they have no idea what the true cost is gonna be.
1: Best ever listeners, before we get into today's episode, I wanna ask you, do you have a strategy right now where you are getting leads that come into your inbox while you're sleeping? Do you have a strategy? where you are optimized with both Google AdWords and SEO, search engine optimization. If not, then guess what? Today's your lucky day. We've got a free strategy session just for you, and it's with Dan Barrett. If you recognize his name, he was a guest on episode 565, and he is the only certified Google partner agency that works exclusively with real estate investors. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash strategy and get a free strategy session to learn with him how to implement an online strategy for your market in both SEO and Google AdWords. Go to adwordsnerds.com slash strategy. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is a show where well, we cut out all that fluff. We don't talk about it. We only talk about the best advice that moves your real estate investing business forward. This is also the world's longest running daily real estate podcast. And we've got someone who has quite a blend of experience both from a marketing and advertising standpoint as well as from a business growth standpoint. How are you doing, Eddie Wilson?
0: I'm doing very good. Thanks for having me on the show.
1: Yeah, my pleasure. Nice to have you on the show. Excited to dig in with you. Eddie is the president of Affinity Enterprise Group. He's most known for taking a talk radio station in Atlanta to the level of most listened to station in the world. Wow. He's owned his own advertising agency, had clients including Pepsi, P&G, Buffalo Wild Wings, etc. And now he's based in Kansas City, Missouri. You can say hi to him and his company at Affinity Enterprise Group. And you know that Affinity Enterprise Group might sound a little vague for the Best Ever listeners. So Eddie, can you give the Best Ever listeners a little bit more about your background and then also what you're focused on?
0: Yes, absolutely. My background, like you said, is extremely varied and basically the success in the corporate world, both in TV and radio, led to some wealth that I wanted to capture and create additional wealth and which led me down the path of real estate investing. I grew up in a family that invested in real estate. My grandparents have rental properties. My parents have rental properties. So I grew up around it and finding success at a young age in radio and television. I didn't want to just waste what I had. And so knew that world and jumped right in. So the interesting part of how all that came about was that once our radio station grew, and we also owned some TV properties, once we sold, I had the opportunity to exit and made some money and then got into advertising, took a lot of the clients I was working with in radio and TV and pulled them into an ad agency, ended up selling the ad agency, and really was looking for new opportunities. I met a uh, young entrepreneur in Northwest Indiana, Chicago area. And we started doing a bunch of flips together and trying to build a rental portfolio. I had already built a bunch of multifamily units in Ohio and built my own portfolio and really got in with this guy in Northwest Indiana and started flipping houses like crazy, creating processes that would allow us to scale it up. And so in a year, the group that we were building flipped about 100 houses plus in one year just because of the processes that were built. And I met a lot of great people in the industry. I didn't even know that the industry really existed. My only experience inside of the real estate investing industry was kind of the Carlton Sheets, late night TV type stuff. And that's kind of what my perception was. But all of a sudden, being involved in real estate investing, I found that there were a lot of difficulties. There were a lot of issues. I came in contact with a lot of great people that had a lot of great services and products that really helped me as an investor and realized that this was a viable industry. There was a, a servicing aspect of this industry that really was growing. And there was an aspect that while on one side did have a lot of fluff, like you started the show off with and had a lot of issues. There was another side, where there were a lot of very savvy, hardworking investors that were looking for new opportunities trying to find deals, trying to find money, trying to find products that would support their efforts, technology that would support their efforts. And really, I started coming in contact with a lot of great people, one of which was Mike Wren, who is the founder of the Affinity Enterprise Group, who has and had and still has now under Affinity Enterprise Group, one of the largest insurance products, which is called REI Guard. And if you've invested in real estate long enough and you've got more than three or four properties, you will understand what I'm about to say, and that is that you get to a place where a traditional insurance company just doesn't want to take the risk on more than three or four rental properties. And so you find you have three or four, and a big carrier will take those, and then they'll say, okay, we don't want to insure anymore, so then you got to pick up another carrier to insure your next three or four. And all of a sudden, you've got a portfolio of 20 homes and five insurance carriers that are basically not willing to take on all the risk of all of your investment. Well, I met Mike Wren and Tim Norris at REI Guard and at Affinity, and that's what they had built. They built an insurance product that insured vacant homes, homes that were under renovation, homes that were rental, single family, multifamily, and that was kind of my entrance into AEG. That's where I met all the guys over here. And then just started getting to know them, and they had a lot of great products that I began to use, one of which is a product that's called RentFax and a lot of others that were just great support tools for what I was doing in my investing career. So long story short, Mike and I struck up a friendship, and I was looking for additional investing opportunities. I believe in diversification, and so I was investing in real estate, investing in small businesses, and looking for an opportunity to invest deeper. And when Mike and I came in contact, I really found Affinity Enterprise Group is an opportunity to invest, And mm-hmm. so long story short, I ended up coming in contact with their entire group and Mike ended up asking me to come on as the president of all affinity. Now affinity is I think 74 companies right now. So it's a very big group based out of Kansas city, about 20 plus of those companies are geared towards the real estate investment industry. We have products such as think realty, which is a membership platform for people that need education and tools for real estate investing. and has a magazine, a national magazine, and conferences. And, and then we still have the insurance product, which is really the cornerstone of our group. We have technology products like Red Fax and Loan MLS, which is a notes platform where you can buy notes on. We have CBG, Community Buying Group, and just on and on and on. A lot of products that really service this industry well. And so over the past year, I came on as the president and have been trying to align these properly, create correct messaging, taking most of them deeper into the marketplace and really trying to become the aggregate of all data inside of the investment world. So that's where I'm at. That's kind of my history and where I'm at today. What do you consider
1: yourself professionally? A real estate investor, an entrepreneur, a marketer? How would you describe yourself because your background's eclectic?
0: That's a really hard question. You know, on top of all of the marketing and all that I've done, and also I've got a large nonprofit that owns radio and TV stations outside of the United States. I think that I'm an opportunistic investor and entrepreneur. Is that is that, yep. a, is that a term? Yep. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and on
1: that note, being an opportunistic entrepreneur, what has been the best investment?
0: that you've ever made. You know, I'm actually gonna go a little bit sideways on you here yeah. because typically I'd like to point you back to a property that's had the greatest return or a small business that has yielded a lot. But honestly, the greatest investment I've made is in the nonprofit organization that I oversee in half because wealth has brought success and brought stability to my family. But really what I look to now, know, I'm still just in my late 30s coming up on 40 here pretty soon, and you start thinking about that legacy that you're going to provide to your kids. And obviously security and having wealth and a nice home and college paid for for your kids is all great. But in the end, teaching my kids work ethic and the passion to give back and the ability to give back because of the success you've had and investing heavily in the nonprofit that I'm involved with are probably the best investment that I've ever made because I think it ultimately sets the bar very high for my three boys that when they look at me, they realize that this isn't just a guy who's pursuing the next big opportunity or the next big investment or waiting on the next big payout, but it's a guy who understands the balance of creating wealth and creating opportunities, but giving back because that is the most important thing. So. I don't know if that was the answer you're looking for, but it truly is the best investment I've ever made.
1: That's actually one of the answers I was expecting. It wasn't what I was looking for, but when I asked, I was like, you know what? I think I know where he's going to go. I was thinking it would be that or investing in yourself. When During the lightning round here in a little bit, I'll ask you the best ever deal you've done. Then you can answer it more tactically with the deal you've done. All right. 74 companies. I mean, how many employees on average are in a company?
0: It varies. There are over 300 total employees. And we have smaller technology companies that may only need and require two to three employees. But then for insurance group, obviously, we've got a claims department and a contact center, and there are hundreds of employees in that. So it really varies based on the service and the need that our clients and customers have. So it could be companies of two to three employees all the way up to 150 employees.
1: Over 300 total employees across all 74 companies, right? Correct. How I'd like to take our conversation, because you have experience in advertising agencies. You sold that, right? Your advertising agency? Yes,
0: sir. I still have a small boutique agency over in Atlanta still, and it's a full production house. We still produce some TV and radio for the Wall Street Business Network and do some production for HGTV and some various TV products. But yes, I sold the big one that really represented all of the bigger brands that you mentioned earlier and we have a smaller one now
1: okay you sold the ad agency so you had success there you have done fix and flips you've invested in multifamily you are now the president of a company that has over 300 employees and you do nonprofits and you got radio stations etc what I want to ask is Not specific to any one of those things because we could have a conversation for hours on any one of those. But for best ever listeners who want to have an entrepreneurial journey that has a variety of different things like you have done and currently are doing, what skills do they need to have in order to have success at a high level in multiple ventures?
0: That's a great question. I think that most importantly, it's focus because at any given time and at any given day, I could be dealing with 10 different products or entities all at once. And the ability to focus on the task at hand and stay focused long enough to see through as an entrepreneur, the hardest thing is to stay focused long enough to complete the job. And it is staying focused and being dedicated long enough and diligent long enough to stay focused on it, to see it through. I think that if I do have a skill or ability, it is the ability to process information and make decisions quickly that are effective. And I think that takes extreme focus in the moment. Some people just don't have that skill and probably desperately want to be spread out like I am because it sounds fun. But then the other thing, too, is the ability to put off the things that don't matter. I don't have a specific term for that, but really, it is important that every day I read a lot. I'm completely focused in my schedule. I have an assistant that keeps me on time every day, down to the minute. I work till oftentimes 10, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock at night. I take breaks and spend time with my kids and then go back at it. And it's a lot of diligence. It's a lot of discipline. And it's a lot of focus. I want to ask you a couple follow-up questions. But
1: really quick, one follow-up question is, how many hours a week do you work on average?
0: I would say at least 70 plus. Okay, 70 plus. All right. And when do you wake up and when do you go to bed? I go to bed about 1 a.m., maybe 2, just depending on the day. I'm most always up by 6 a.m. because I commute back and forth between Atlanta and Kansas City. Two days a week, I've got to get up at 4. So I try to get at least five to six hours of sleep every day. Sometimes it's two hours on a plane and three hours in bed. I don't require a lot of sleep, which is a blessing.
1: All right, so now I want to go back to the meat of it, and that is the two things you mentioned, having extreme focus in the moment and putting things off that don't matter. How have you honed your skill of having extreme focus and seeing things through in the moment?
0: You know, I think part of it is knowing yourself. I know that I have a really hard time focusing for longer than 30 to 40 minutes. I can give anything... 30 to 40 minutes worth of hard focus. And so most of my meetings daily are a half hour in length. Each one of our companies here at the AEG, many of them directly report to me. So if it has a CEO or a president of those companies, then they directly report it to me. Our time spent together is highly focused and 30 minutes. Sometimes they get 15. And it's just making sure that my schedule is aligned with that. In knowing myself, because I'll find myself starting to wander at 30 to 40 minutes. And I'm sure you felt that you sit in a conference somewhere and it's an hour long. And then after 30, 40 minutes, I, I just, I really start to tune out. And I've kind of conditioned myself that once my mind starts to turn off, I just kind of shift and go the opposite way. And it's knowing that and making sure that I don't push myself beyond that limit. I mean, if you said we have to have a three hour meeting over some issue, I really would struggle to be attentive and productive unless it was broken down into segments. So I think part of that is just knowing yourself and kind of your proclivity to certain work models.
1: And how do you tactically, and maybe if you have an example that would be really good, put things off that don't matter?
0: Sure. I love to fish. I love to golf. I love to play basketball. I love to ride my motorcycle. Most of those things, I put in a box. And in that box, it's The time that I need alone to collect my thoughts that I tie with those things that don't necessarily matter, right? Like instead of sitting in my office by myself for 30 minutes thinking about a project, I would rather hop on my motorcycle and ride for 30 minutes and have those thoughts there. It's tying the things together that don't matter with the things that you desire to do, right? I mean, because we'll always make time for the things we want to do. And so I can't completely put those off. But another very specific fact is that there are people in our organization who would love time with me and spending time with them provides no benefit to the greater whole. And this might seem a little bit calloused, but it is making time as a group. So every month we do a lunch and learn at AEG where I step into their room and as a group we all get together and I take a topic for an hour. And we break it up into half hour segments and I'll speak for an hour and 30 minute segments. And that's the time where the group gets to spend time with me. However, I may walk through the office and say hi to people. And I do that quite often, but I'm not going to take the time when somebody says, Hey, can I have 30 minutes of your time? I'm probably not going to grant that to them unless I know that it makes the greater whole better. So setting up enough systems and processes that I don't allow myself to do the things that don't matter such as giving too much time to activities that really don't matter, or spending a ton of time with people that they're not going to increase the productivity of the whole.
1: Based on your experience, what is your best real estate investing advice ever?
0: <laughs> best real estate advice ever, and that is know the market and know where you're investing. I'm a complete passive. I do none of the work myself any longer. I just invested in a apartment complex over in San Diego And it's because I spent so much time looking at the market, deciding where I wanted to invest, knowing my numbers. And I think it is so important to know your market and know the numbers. People so flippantly just jump into the next HGTV type style flip. And it's like, wow, this is really cool. And let's jump in. And they have no idea what the true cost is going to be. They don't know the market. They don't know the sales time. They don't know how long the time is going to be on market. And it's diligently researched. That's, That's the best advice I could give.
1: You ready for the best ever lightning round?
0: Yes. All right, let's do it.
1: First, a quick word from our best ever partners. If you're interested in learning more about the Upper West Side of New York City and potentially buying real estate in this coveted Manhattan neighborhood, check out ilovetheupperwestside.com. This website was created and owned by Love Where You Live Realty, who specialize on the Upper West Side. Go to ilovetheupperwestside.com.
0: Best ever book you've read? Best ever book I've read. That's a difficult one. I like Malcolm Gladwell, so I'm going to say Outliers. The great one. Blink is one of my favorites as well. Absolutely.
1: Best ever personal growth experience and what you learn from it?
0: I had a personal coach that was imposed on me by a boss when I was 21 years old mm-hmm. in radio. Hated the idea of it. Went and sat for two days and was dissected and researched, and then she told me how horrible I was and how unfocused I was. And it was a very difficult experience, but one of the greatest growth processes I've ever been through. Just somebody that would sit down, dissect everything I do, and give me the honest truth about those actions and how they were going to play out in my life.
1: What is one thing you did as a result of that that has helped you in your career, tactically? Tactically
0: speaking, I had a lot of arrogance in my younger career, not that I don't still struggle with pride and arrogance, but that arrogance was causing me to not listen to people well, so I was listening for my opportunity to respond to them, not listening for the purpose of solving problems or collaborating, and when she told me that, it really hit home, and so now I focus in on listening to exactly what's said to me and try not to make up my mind as to what my response is going to be until I've heard the entire statement or or the entire segment. So it really helped me to be a better listener and pull away some of that arrogance of always trying to prove that I knew what was best or was trying to be somebody that I hadn't already attained to being yet. What's the best ever deal you've done? Best ever deal I've done was right when I first got involved in real estate and my father and I were doing a deal together and... I started going around asking people if they would sell me these properties and ended up buying a house and a lot for, I think it was $22,000, pulled the house off of it, got it rezoned. And now there's a duplex there that's sitting free and clear seven years later and cash flowing probably, let's see, 1900 a month. And so from... I'd like to say it's some million dollar hotel deal, which I'm working on some of those right now. But honestly, it was that first deal that I had a big win in, which was I bought it cheap, I bought it right, turned it into something that was gonna cash flow well, paid it down so that I could have some equity and some property later on to leverage. And that was the best deal ever because it got me started. You've
1: mentioned this already, but let's just recap it. What's the best ever way you like to give back?
0: I love to give back through an organization that I'm a part of called Touch a Life. Touch a Life has feeding centers and orphanages all around the world. I have some TV stations and radio stations that are also tied to that to try to help their communities and their countries give back to those that are less fortunate. But I love going and I love taking my kids to them. Just a year or so ago, I took my oldest son down to one in Honduras that we have and just spending a week with the kids or two weeks, with the kids giving back. And I love sending them gifts at Christmas time. And that organization feeds three or 4,000 children a day. in a, I think 14, 15 countries. I really enjoy it. And we give back in a lot of ways through the different nonprofits that I have, but that's my favorite one for sure. What's the
1: biggest mistake you've made in real estate so far?
0: The biggest mistake are always the properties that I didn't buy, you know, I think you can turn any bad deal in real estate into something that you can live with if your eyes are open. I had the chance this past year to get involved in a strip mall north of Atlanta and just passed on it. I thought, "Ah, I'm not that interested. I don't have the time to put the research and effort into it and passed on it. That city right now, Forsyth County and north of Atlanta by the lake, they just, projected that they're gonna have they have 144,000 people in that county right now and by 2020 they're projecting there will be 400,000 people in that (laughs) county now they that strip mall is completely built it's tenanted with great tenants and the guy that originally invited me to invest with him it's yielding like a 20 cap or something crazy so probably the worst mistake I ever made just not pulling the trigger
1: what's the best place the best of listeners can reach you
0: You know, the best place is either through email or finding me online or LinkedIn. And I'm very active through all the social channels. It's easy to find me there and interact with me there. I do spend time each day interacting on social. Or it's coming out to one of our events. We have six or seven events that AG puts on every single year. Our next one's coming up in Atlanta in October. I travel to every one of our events. I speak at most of them. And I travel to a lot of industry events as well. Uh, great events like INN or Five Star are always good events for us. And so that's typically the time where I relax, hang out with the people that are at the show, kind of turn off the workload for a little while, and that's probably the most relaxed time to, to hang out. So Well,
1: I'm looking forward to meeting you in person because I will be speaking at your event on October the 15th in Hotlanta. Looking forward to that. And best ever, listeners, you can... Go register for that event. We put the link in the show notes page. So you can just click the link. It's thinkrealty.com forward slash events forward slash Atlanta. But you don't have to remember that. Just go click the link in the show notes page. I will be speaking about a topic titled Top 10 Mistakes I've Made as a Multifamily Syndicator. So I can always talk about the things that are good. But, you know, the things that haven't gone according to plan and the mistakes I've made can be very valuable. In a lot of cases, more valuable than just talking about successful case studies. So to register for this event in Atlanta, if you're in Atlanta, then it's a no-brainer. If you're not in Atlanta, then better book your ticket now. You got a couple weeks and go to the event. And when you do attend, then let me know and we'll try and meet up at the conference. So looking forward to that. Eddie, thank you so much for being on the show and telling us about your story as well as the lessons learned. And most importantly, the psychology, the skills, and the mindset that you've used to get to this point from your best investment being in the nonprofit orgs to to create that legacy. I think that's really important to note because of when we speak to high achievers such as yourself the conversation immediately goes back to service to others and legacy. I was talking to Richard Wilson the other day who works with billion-dollar families. He has a company, Family Office, Miami Family Office, where they have like over $100 million families and a couple billion-dollar families. And the focus for those families is legacy. When we start shifting our mentality, Best Ever Listeners, from transactional to not only relationship, but then legacy, then we start reaching for higher and higher goals and with the right mentality along the way of service to others and creating that legacy, as well as talking about the skills that you mentioned have helped you gain an eclectic experience that you have with both the, the couple skills that you mentioned. One is putting things off that don't matter. And then two is having an extreme focus in the moment. So thanks so much for being on the show, Eddie. Really hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. If you're interested in learning more about the Upper West Side of New York City and potentially buying real estate in this coveted Manhattan neighborhood, check out ilovetheupperwestside.com. This website was created and owned by Love Where You Live Realty, who specialize on the Upper West Side. Go to ilovetheupperwestside.com.